You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash Film School. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Starting this Thursday at 6.30 p.m., UCI will begin its August Summer Delirium film series with Federico Fellini's masterpiece, La Dolce Vida. Following Fellini, showing on consecutive Thursdays, will be the cultural satire Repo Man, Jacques Tati's Visionary Playtime, and lastly, the legendary surf film The Endless Summer. On the line with us is Kelly Kirshner, she of UCI's Visual Studies PhD program, who programmed this great series. Kelly Kirshner, welcome to Film School. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Uh, are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, are, are you in Los Angeles right now? Or are you? Uh, I, I am. Uh, was, was that a move you had this weekend? That's a, exactly a big it. Was move the last to, week during uh, all that hot weather. Yeah. <laughs> How did that go? Are you settled in now? Or, or things? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I, actually, it's a great location, and I'm really liking it so oh, far. Excellent. Now, why these four films? There's, you know, La Dolce Vita, Repo Man, Playtime, and The Endless Summer. Is there a thread, or is there... Uh, there, there, there was something I was definitely thinking about with these films. Um, Endless Summer was a late add-on, but it, it goes along with the theme just as well. Um, my idea was, you know, summer itself is sort of a time when all of us sort of bubble over. You know, there there are, are rules that we follow all year, and then we sort of, you know, play with those rules a little bit more during summer. And uh, there's a constant sort of exploration of uh, sort of the negotiation between social expectations and the yearning for something meaningful uh-huh. that we all sort of experience. And each one of these films sort of explores that in a different way. Well, Repo Man sure explores it in a di- different way. <laughs> That's right, and the absurdity of life for uh, each one yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of, of these four films, the one that I've never seen, although I've seen some Jacques Tati, is uh, Playtime. Uh, is that that was a 1960s film, and and what's going on there in Playtime? Uh, Playtime is sort of um, it, it's an it's a really amazing film. It was originally shot in 70 millimeter. We'll be showing it in 35 uh-huh. millimeter. The quality of this film per, um, is is all in the sound. Um, it's very little dialogue, very little narrative. In fact, it's uh, a man who's wandering through a city, and in fact. Tati built an entire scale city on the outskirts of Paris wow. uh, for this film, um, and you know there are so many people in each uh, each scene, and you've got just uh, basically somebody negotiating the modern world, and um, basically chaos ensues after him, and it's sort of bittersweet um, in, in a in a way. That's that's pretty much uh, Tati's trademark too, is, is to not have a whole lot of dialogue. It's almost a silent film in a way, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, and it, it follows all the traditions of, you know, Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and other sorts of silent, um, kind of, you know, physical comedy um, and silent film stars. Um, it's my uh, particular, almost my favorite among this group, besides La Dolce Vita, because uh, I work particularly with sound, and so I just love the whole tapestry of sound that he creates in, you know, through the entire film. And, and it's one of the... it's hard to get a hold of uh, other than the form that you have i guess because i i was trying to locate it over the weekend and there there are uh, no cds available right now i think there's a dv edition coming out fairly soon but this this has been off the map for a while 
Yes, and um, I was ex- extraordinarily pleased to be able to snag it for the festival. Yes. So I think if, if people have only seen this on their TV screen, you definitely need to come and see it on the big screen because that's where all you see all the detail and everything that happens in the deep space that you can only see when you have a giant screen in right. front of you. And let's move up to Repo Man now, or back to it, which is on August 17th. Uh, what made you decide to go with Repo Man? It's, it's almost, it has a cult status film. It was made on the cheap, and yet it's probably one of the, uh, I hate to use quintessential as a, <laughs> as a description, but quintessential L.A. film. Right, and you know, um, I will date myself here, but uh, I watched this when I was a, a high school student, and I felt like it was high time for revival of Repo Man. Plus, yeah. uh, the soundtrack is something that's kind of this amazing collection of uh, punk rock music and just the sort of, you know, alienation and wandering through and searching for meaning and, and just the fact that it crosses all genres, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Well, and Harry Dean Stanton, you got to see it just for, for Harry oh. Dean. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I hear he plays in a band here in Los Angeles, and I tried my best to get a hold of him because I really wanted his band to play, but unfortunately, oh it's hard to find his email address. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, sounds that, a bit like him. Yeah. I've actually seen it. I've seen his oh, band, right. he, and oh, he's really? yeah. It's quite. It's a yeah. It's fun. He's well, a lot of well, fun. Well, let's let's get him to come to UCI for something yeah. for the, for the yeah. Harry Dean Stanton Film Festival. I, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> so so let's uh, let's talk about this Thursday night. You have uh, La Dolce Vita. That's yes, La Dolce Vita, my favorite. <laughs> really? Okay, I was just going to ask that. What was your favorite among the films? It's La Dolce Vita, then Playtime. Um, what's going to be great about uh, La Dolce Vita? The you know, this Thursday night, um, we actually ha- are going to have a juggler performing at the same time, sort of. Um, this sort of goes along <laughs> in some way with the theme. So there will be ambient juggling and free food and all these things. I've never seen ambient juggling before. I just... didn't know it was called ambient <laughs> juggling, but that's what happens when the juggler is not on stage and he's just sort of standing around juggling. <laughs> that's wonderful. It goes very well with uh, with Fellini, too. Yeah, I hadn't even yeah. thought about that, but it's, it is kind of a... A juggle uh, with, with with his films. There's there's just all these elements that that are bouncing around like a circus. That is like a circus. Yeah, Very exactly. Much. Especially in La Dolce Vita, you know, um, uh, Marcello, the one of the main characters, kind of wanders through among you know different social groups, and he sort of experienced these these points of joy with each single group, but then he moves on, and mm-hmm. he sort of uh, doesn't get to the deeper meaning. So the whole film is about this yearning for a simpler life and the, the idea that life can be so easy and joyful that it hurts, but um, it always gets tempered by these patterns that we find ourselves getting pulled into. What do you do in uh, sound, Kelly? Oh, I uh, write uh, about basically sound and film. I'm writing about horror film at the moment, and I also do a little bit of writing about how the military uses sound to induce paranoia, things like that, really lighthearted things. <laughs> that would make a great show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, come on the air and freak us out <laughs> completely. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That'd be I love terror I, and I, horror. I, I just I can't get enough of fear. <laughs> I got terror right here, Steve. But no, uh, seriously, that sounds like a, a great show. You're, you're invited to uh, blow us up. I will. I will be there. <laughs> what else is going on in La Dolce Vita? I mean, it's it's such a beautiful black and white film. It's it's the film that uh, that Fellini broke in with. I guess you'd say he had other films before that but that was the one that kicked them off yeah it is and actually it's kind of interesting because his idea for the film came from all the fashions he saw in rome one year he thought uh the fashions made the women look like huge flowers and so this idea you know fellini always has these ideas of these kind of oversized things or outsized people outsized personalities 
and it sort of all came together for him in this one film. Um, and then, you know, just the fact that he had these, um, you know, Paul Newman was originally uh, slated to pay, play the role, and then really? uh, Fellini said, Fellini said, forget it. <laughs> and um, and Marcello <laughs> Mastroianni um, eventually got the role. But Paul Newman? Um, yeah, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. I think it's just an interesting bit of trivia. Yeah, that I can't even imagine the film, the the role being played by Paul Newman. No, me neither. That's that's incredible. Was, was, is he versed in Italian? What was what was going to happen there? Uh, I have no idea. It had to it had to do with the original producer on the uh-huh. project, um, and you know how you know people come in pairs that way. Um, so you know, uh, Fellini rejected Newman, and then the producer quit, and so the whole project actually came about with much more of a Fellini-esque um, vision, like a much more direct Fellini vision than it would have originally. Do you, do you recall what film Newman was doing right around that time that would make him, make Fellini or, or, or the producer take note of him? I, I don't, but I really, it really was sort of a political film industry move at the uh, time. Cool, yeah. cool hand Luke then. Huh? That's right, right yeah. Now, th- Lastly, of course, you have to end it in a summer film, and you pick The Endless Summer. But it, it really is a timepiece movie. I, it, I, I watched a little bit of it the other day, and, and it really brings up uh, pre-hippie uh, pre 60s. That's right. Um, what, what made you decide on that one? Well, uh, you know, I thought it's the end of, you know, we had another film series earlier in the summer, and it's the end of the film series. And the whole idea behind the film is that these, it follows two surfers who travel around the world following summer and trying to find the perfect wave and this idea of the dreaming of the perfect wave, the yearning for, you know, the simpler life and just the idea of following summer around is sort of the idea of keeping this um, idea of uh, something meaningful, the search for something meaningful alive in our lives all the time. And I thought, you know, as a metaphor, but also as just a beautiful film directed by Bruce Brown, um, I, you know, it has great cinematography, and I'm just um, so excited that we were able to get a hold of that. Tell us a little bit about uh, UCI's Visual Studies program. That's that's where this uh, springs from, yes? Uh, yeah. Um, the Visual Studies program is a fairly unique program among uh, among graduate programs. There are only two or three like it, and it, it's administered by both art history and film studies, and everyone in the program has, has different ways to go about um, getting at what they're getting at. I have a degree in art. I have a master's degree in art, and I come to this not from this uh, academic side, and I'm able to work with sound, even though it's called visual studies. I'm working with film. Other people yeah, are working right more with art history right and visual arts. How long have you been in, this, in, the, in the program? I've been there for four years. I came to L.A. or, you know, to the area four years ago. Um, I have, you know, a year and a half probably to go. Uh-huh. So, so it's a so lot what, of work, but it's definitely worth it. Are you focusing in on sound, like you say? Is that where you plan on taking this? Yes, that, that's where I plan on taking it. I think I've, I've been, uh, in a way, you know, very involved with different aspects of studying sound for a long time through, you know, visual art and through, uh, you know, just my own writing. So um, just trying to work my way through that little landscape. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, it's good to know that UCI has a vibrant a film project. and video department and, and that we're really always trying to reach out to the, uh, beyond the, the student population here. We certainly are encouraging people who, um, who aren't students to come to the series. It's I'm, free. It's I'm free. Kinda, I'm kind of curious about that, Kelly. Is the film department at UCI growing or is it getting smaller or staying the same or what? Oh, 
we're definitely growing, and we also, you know, we have um, some fairly unique classes. You know, we're not um, a uh, art school or technical school or something like that, but there are a few classes that combine both theory and practice, and I think it's very popular with the students. It, it's definitely growing. I mean, you can... Because we the, see all these buildings going up on campus, you know, yeah. and hearing a lot <laughs> about, you know, law and, you know, medicine and trying to get, Engineering. You know, a law school and so on, and then... You know, o- over in humanities, it seems like things are just kind of as is. You know, I don't see any big other new stuff going up over, over there. I think there are plans. I think there are plans that we will all, you know, get larger facilities, larger buildings, um, you know, more editing studios, things like that. And I think that, uh, yeah, it's true that there are buildings going up that aren't ours, but we do know that something's been, you know, in the future for us. And as far as numbers go, the program is definitely, both programs, the art history and film studies, are both very, you know, uh, popular among students. You know, there are a lot of really interesting professors in the program as well. Yeah, I know our, our new chancellor worked at the original Tower Records. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, either either him or his wife or something. I remember that? that on the interview, and I was all excited. I, oh, my God, we're going to go up in wattage. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, oh, is so it Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> Is that where uh, the original was? Sacramento. Oh, in Sacramento. They yeah. had one in Sacramento before Sunset. That okay. was the original. Yeah, they oh, named cool. it after the, I don't know, there was a theater there, the Tower Theater. Ah. Apparently, they, it was know. inside, I think, the, the original theater? Tower Theater. Cool. Like well, <laughs> well, maybe if the Chancellor's listening, he can throw down some cash for more <laughs> films and you a bet. better humanities department. Bet. <laughs> Kelly Kirshner of UCI's Visual Studies Program. Thanks for being on Film School. All right. Thank you very much, and I hope everyone gets a chance to come and see the film. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.